And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Aaron Bandler. Always a great time talking to Aaron. Uh, we had a lot to discuss, as always. Obviously, we, we talked in depth about this horrific shooting in Nashville earlier this week and the, the response from our degenerate uh, corporate media. Um, Aaron also explained uh, what's going on with all these these protests in Israel. Obviously, our, our press, uh, our aforementioned degenerate media, has no idea how to report on things happening outside of the United States. So it's good to get the facts uh, as to what is actually happening over there uh, and a bunch of other stuff. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Aaron, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you're an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Aaron Bandler. Aaron, how you been, man? Doing pretty great. How are you, Brady? I am fantastic. Haven't slept in a long time, but besides that, i uh never been better, my friend. Never been better. Awesome. Um, we have a ton to get to, as always. Um, we, we have to discuss, obviously, this horrific shooting that happened in Nashville on Monday. Um, obviously, I don't think either one of us have much to add uh, in regards to a, a, a school shooting itself, but I really want to focus on the, the media's response because it's weeks like this where I realize that regardless of my level of disdain for corporate media— I don't despise them nearly enough. I mean, when when there's these school shootings or mass shootings in general, they really show their hand, and they sure did this time. And this time, it you know, it doesn't even make any sense, you know, with their typical rhetoric. You know, we have a, a, a transgender murderer who killed six people at a Christian school in Nashville. And uh, according to the press, the Christians had it coming. <laughs> um, you know, there's nothing a trans person, nothing a trans person does is their fault because they're oppressed, you know, uh, you know, I don't have much to say other than this is obviously tragic. I hope everybody listening prays for the families. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the the response from the press, even for them, even for them, and, and we shouldn't be surprised by anything that comes out of corporate media. But it's been remarkably evil, even on a grading scale. One hundred percent. And yeah, I, I mean, I for for example, Reuters had a had a tweet slash headline where they referred to the shooter as, as a former Christian student, quote unquote, like, okay, like it, it doesn't quite, <laughs> it doesn't quite explain the full story here. Um, and I think it was the daily mail that, that had a story about how, about how, Oh, the shooter's father was never accepting of the shooter's trans identity. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it's basically, as you said, like they, they try to put this, they try to put the shooter in sympathetic life because the shooter was a transgender woman, and yeah, they make, they seem like they, that, 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 they make it seem like the Christians had it coming. Um, what, what's not reported widely is that apparently the shooter had another school in in, uh, in her sights, but didn't, but 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 didn't go, but but chose the other the chose the school the other school instead 
because the other school was not as heavily armed. Right. You know, so that, that's a poor piece of information that's not that's not really out there. Um, you know, because yeah, because because the media has their woke agenda to, to pursue. Yeah, let me um, look at let me look up yeah. that Reuters headline. Oh yeah, all right, here it is. Quote Christian school student kills three children, three staff in Nashville shooting. Christian school I mean, it makes it sound like it's like a student like a little kid at the school. You know, not a not a twenty eight right. year old. But, but that's woman. Not, when that's not it's it's also not what happened. Yeah. This is a transgender person undergoing currently undergoing psychiatric care um, that wanted to kill Christians. And, I, and you know, we obviously she left a, a manifesto. Um, you know, every other manifesto from from a, a school shooting has been published immediately. I don't know why. Well, I mean, I say I don't know sarcastically. Um, you know, I don't know why they don't want to release this one. But I mean, obviously, this is a person that wanted to kill Christians, wanted to kill children. Um, and when it comes to the press, man, it's the thing when I rag on the media, it's not just that they're all Democrats. Like, I don't care about that. I understand that they're all Democrats. It's not that they're trying to put their thumb on the scale electorally. They've been doing that for a hundred years, <laughs> over a hundred years. That's yeah. not new. Like we understand who these people are. I can't stand them because of their behavior over the last 24 hours. Like just watch these people. This, this was the plan. I mean, they've been telling trans people that there is a trans, they, they say, a trans genocide. That Republicans, that religious people are bad and must be stopped. So, of course, mentally unstable people who are on hormones and, and psychiatric drugs are going to get violent eventually. And the media says the trans people can do no wrong because they're a protected class. So why not get violent? Because you're not going to be blamed no matter what you do. You know, you'll be a martyr. They, you know, they're going to try to turn this, this murderer into a martyr. And that's who these journalists are, and that's why I spend so much time trying to destroy them, because they're pushing for violence, because it serves their agenda. Same with the the race riots in 2020. You know, they they get to get some Republicans killed, and then they get to twist it around and blame Republicans for it. And the fact that this is a, a win-win for corporate journalists really shows you who these people are. Yeah, and and there's also there I think was. An upcoming like day of trans rage coming up or of sorts of that that's been uh surrounded by a Tifa. But you know, you 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 bring that up, they 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 call you a transphobe. So yeah, I mean the the, the, the these are people in the press who who have an agenda and you know, facts be damned, they 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 will it'll stick to that agenda no matter what. Yeah. And uh Another thing that really set off the press over the last 24 hours is uh, the congressman who represents Nashville as a Republican, and his Christmas card last year was uh, him and his family uh, all holding guns, which, you know, from where I'm sitting is, is really wholesome stuff. You love to see it. But uh, predictably, sure. you know, the press all piled on this guy, you know, Pierce Morgan and all these dorks. You know, they're like, see, he, he wants school shootings because he owns guns. It's like, no, you morons. His beautiful children are not going to be murdered by a trans mass killer. You know why? Because they're protected by an arsenal of weapons. Like, that's the point. The, the reason why this person didn't try to shoot up, uh, you know, any of these other schools listed in her manifesto were because she knew they had armed security. My goodness. I mean, it's like the, the case doesn't even make sense. And you see Democrats just trying to pile up on this congressman. It's like, guys, you're you're intentionally missing the point. The point is those kids are the safest kids on earth, you know, maybe besides my daughter, I'd say she's the safest uh, kid on earth. I mean, I mean, what I what I would do to protect her, you know, you don't need me to say. But uh, but yeah, it's like these people intentionally miss the point. It's my, my goodness, man. 
My goodness. I mean, well, of the course fact it that... is. Be, 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 because they are power hungry. They, they've, they've always wanted our guns. And they and, and they, and the, they know it's not popular politically to, to go around taking Americans' guns. But they... They, but they're not going to stop until they eventually get there, and so and so that's why they don't. That's why they potentially miss miss the point because they because they want to eventually try and turn the populace against uh, the, the, the Second Amendment because you know Second Amendment the whole point of the Second Amendment is to protect the people from from a tyrannical government, um, and, and then once a government's tyrannical enough to take people's guns, then. Then, then, then other rights are start being taken away. So, oh yeah, that's I mean, I, why. Yeah, I, you you might even disagree with me on this one, but I I do believe that the fact that we're armed to the teeth is the only reason why you know our government hasn't rounded up you know ten or twenty million Americans and slaughtered them yet. I mean, I think we've definitely had governments in the past. I mean, think of you know FDR rounding up Japanese Americans, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Woodrow Wilson. Um, yeah, you know, I definitely think we've had people in charge who were certainly evil enough in the past to commit atrocities like we've seen across Europe in the 20th century. I mean, I, I do think the fact that we're armed is the only reason why we haven't had a genocide in America yet. You know, like it's not, you know. Yeah, I mean, that that, that, that very well could be the case. And the, the most frustrating part of this for me is to see a lot of right-wingers, a lot of conservatives playing right into the left's hands. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand how the Democrats are so effective in baiting Republicans into doing their bidding. It's like clockwork. They cannot help themselves. And conservatives are tweeting stuff like, you know, all trans people are mentally ill, so they shouldn't be allowed to own guns. You know, we need more red flag laws. You know, it's like, my goodness, you guys. Like, one, I, I mean, obviously, gender dysphoria is a mental illness. I agree with you there. But this is exactly what the regime wants. This is the exact response the Democrats wanted from Republicans. Their goal is to use these red flag laws to disarm their political opponents. Like, we need to be eliminating red flag laws. Because eventually, when Democrats take power in these states, they're going to use them to disarm you. I mean, the goal is to disarm their political opponents. That's it. You know, they they have no problem with guns. I mean, they just armed the Taliban, left tens of billions of dollars. Yeah. Of ta- like, it's not that they're anti-gun. It's they're anti-Republicans owning guns. They've already said, I mean, they, they say every member of Congress on the left says that anyone who voted for Trump is mentally ill. Okay. So, like, once Democrats take over these states, they, they're going to try to use these red flag laws to disarm you. They, it, it's not going to stop trannies from from owning guns they're gonna try to stop you from owning guns so it's like i i just don't understand how these people don't see through the schemes of the press and the left it's like they're just every time they play right into their hands it's so frustrating yeah it it is and i think that there are a lot of people and the, i think it's goes for both sides who are just reactionary um and and, and so we see tweet, tweets like that like it's it's kind of, it's basically a knee jerk reaction of sorts. Um yeah I I mean like it, it gets you thinking through and then you realize that that like, yeah maybe red flag laws are not a good idea here uh, because 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 they'll be used against us but I mean we we live in an era where uh, people are just reactionary and and they want what's going to get the most likes and retweets. Yeah man. I mean, it's, you know, I, you know how passionate I am about the Second Amendment and gun issues. And sure. it's just, man, when when Republicans start falling for the, the tricks of the left on guns, it's like, come on, man. If if anything, if there's if there's one area to hold the line, 
It is on. It is the Second Amendment. I mean, it's the reason why we're still free. It's the reason uh, I honestly believe why guys like you and I are not in jail right now. <laughs> okay, I'm sure yeah. there's plenty of reasons why you know Democrats would like to round guys like us up. But yeah, I, I mean, we need to oppose any new. I mean, there's always new gun legislation introduced in Congress, um, and on the state level, Republicans need to oppose all of it. All of it. Who cares? Don't let them try to pull your heartstrings. Don't let them try to dance on the graves of these children. Just ignore them. You're not negotiating. I mean, don't negotiate with these people. Like, a Democrat is not capable of negotiating in good faith on guns. It's just, it's never happened. It's never going to happen. Just oppose these people. Oppose any new gun legislation. That's what we need to be doing as Republicans. Yeah, and it has always been an electoral winner. Because... I mean, to just to just just look at like the assault weapons ban, for instance, under Clinton, um, that that was in part what 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 precipitated the ninety four red wave, and there hasn't been assault weapons ban ever since. Now, that's not to say that Democrats haven't haven't tried, but and there there there's always a political backlash when uh, when these when these new gun laws are, uh. Are proposed, or, or sorry, proposed or, or implemented at a federal level anyway. Uh, okay. I, I mean, it, it, in, in blue states like California, you know, the, the, these it, new gun laws happen all the time, and no one really cares. Um, but uh, but thankfully, uh, nationally, it, there there's still enough support for the Second Amendment that any sort of gun control bill is pretty much like dead on arrival because because of political backlash, and and so, and so when it, when they rail about the gun lobby in the NRA, it's like, well, the NRA really isn't all that powerful. It's it's more the fact that 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 it's the strength of the argument, um, in terms of support of the Second Amendment. That that that's what's powerful. Absolutely. You want to know one of the weirdest? You probably you're not a hunter, so you you probably aren't aware of this. Want to know one of the weirdest gun laws in California? You're sure. not you're not allowed to hunt with lead bullets. You're only oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. You're only allowed to hunt with copper bullets. And the reason why is because they're afraid that the California condor, because there's only like 500 of them left or yeah. something in the wild, they don't want the California condors to eat lead bullets on the ground and die. So they had to open up all, you know, gun manufacturers open up all these brand new copper mines across the West, which is just destructive, mm-hmm. to, <laughs> destructive to wildlife. I mean, it's like so much more difficult to mine copper than it is lead. It's just destroying the environment in all these areas around these plants. And it's just, of course, like everything else in California, just backfired and made everything worse. Just of course, yeah, that, that, it's, it's sounds like it sounds like typical California to me. Yep. To save the condor, they want to destroy everything else. So it's like, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. More power to you. Um, yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you're on the show today because uh, you, you write for Jewish Journal. You report on, on stuff going on in the Middle East, specifically Israel, quite a bit. And, I, you know, with the new baby, I have not read anything that wasn't like directly related to something I had to talk about on the show. So like I've, and it's especially foreign policy stuff. I'm just way out of the loop on a lot of this stuff. I just haven't had the time, but I've been seeing all these headlines coming out of Israel. Like Israel is going to, there's going to be a civil war in Israel. You know, people are, are, are fighting in the streets and all this unrest and the government's going to collapse and all that. And, And I'm like, well, that's probably not true. I'm sure this is America. These are just American journalists that don't really know anything about the rest of the world, which is par for the course for American journalists. But um, obviously, since you've reported on this stuff, what the heck is going on in Israel right now? Right. So it's important to understand how Israel's judiciary works. Um, it, it's a lot different than how it works here in America. 
Um, so, firstly, it, it, Israel's judges aren't appointed by a legislature. They're appointed by, by this committee that, ba- that basically consists of, like, Israel's legal establishment. So it's, like, retired lawyers and judges and, 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 and that kind of thing. So, so basically, it's like you, you have lawyers and judges picking judges. So for Israel's Supreme Court, the, the legislature and the prime minister's office, like, they have no say. And in, and, and in Israel, uh, you, also, you also don't need standing to sue. So literally anyone can sue for any time for any reason. And, uh, it, 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 of course, like when Israel's Supreme Court's court or just their courts, they make a ruling, there's no, I mean, there, there's, a, there's no real recourse, you know. And so what Bibi Netanyahu's new coalition is doing is they're, they're proposing a series of measures to try and rein the courts in. And so basically, as I understand them, like, I mean, there have been, there've been a bunch of different proposals that, I mean, this is a little confusing, but basically... The idea is to change up the makeup of, of the thing that chooses, chooses judges. So um, has elected members from the Knesset, which is Israel's parliament. Um, and there will be representation for both the majority and the minority parties. Um, and it wouldn't even kick out like members of Israel's legal establishment entirely, just make some, you know, a smaller number on the committee. Um, and, the, and the reform will allow the Knesset to undo uh, some Supreme Court rulings, and now some proposals have gone too far in the sense that, like, there was one proposal that said that, that the Knesset could undo uh, a Supreme Court ruling with, with a simple majority. Um, I think that that one got scrapped pretty quickly because of backlash. Um, and so, and, 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 and so, so, so that's basically just what's been happening. And um, the problem is that the, the Israeli left, instead of negotiating in good faith, they just basically taken to the streets of these massive protests. And whenever these protests happen uh, against the right-wing leader worldwide, whether it's Trump, Bibi, Bolsonaro, the press gloms onto it and says, oh, look, protests, protests in favor of democracy, democracy is at risk. Um, but of course, you know, democracy is not at risk in Israel. And if anything, I would argue that these reforms are very pro-democracy because it, it, it brings more power back to, to, to the will of the people as opposed to, you know, an unaccountable court. Um, and so, but the backlash so far has, has seemed to, to have worked because BB announced on Monday that he's putting a pause on, on the judicial reforms. I thought he would scrap them entirely, but that he, um, you know, just just just, just to just it gives some time for for tensions to cool down, and, and they and they come back into negotiations. Um, so I mean, it, what has been very fascinating to watch throughout this process is that as is that I'm seeing even like hardcore Zionist, um, and by Zionist, what I mean is just people who support uh, the right of Jewish people to have their own state, um, you know, be be. At each other's throats because there are a lot of there are a lot of like staunch Zionist, staunch pro-Israel people who don't who are very opposed to the reforms and and are afraid that it, they're going to destroy Israeli democracy. Um, and so and it's it's been a point of contention among American Jews too. Like we're seeing a lot of like like American Jewish groups release statements opposing the opposing the reform or, or opposing the reforms or or saying. That oh we need to be, there needs to be good faith negotiations and, and, and what have you and so it, it's certainly a fascinating time 
to sort of watch, uh, you know, what's happening in Israel and 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 the reaction to it uh, uh, among Jewry worldwide, and, and even now among the uh, uh, among the international press. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how we'll see how it all plays out. Um, but I I I don't think I mean it's certainly true that there are stark divisions in Israel right now uh, over the matter. But at the end of the day, I mean the, it, Israelis know that they're surrounded by neighboring countries that that, that want to destroy them, and Iran's the, on, on the verge of getting nukes. Um, and there have been some horrific, uh, but I mean there there always been Palestinian terror attacks in Israel, but lately there seems to be to be an uptake and. Uh, as a terror attack. So at the end of the day, like Israelis will always be united against, um, you know, the threats that, that want to destroy them. But it is certainly a divisive time right now uh, in Israel, uh, and, and, and even among, uh, you know, world Jewry on the matter. Yeah, that's that's fascinating, man. And it, it does that makes a lot more sense than you know the headlines <laughs> coming from American oh, yeah. media because it's like obviously American media. Any, I mean, when they talk about anything, when they talk about you know, the war in Ukraine, when they talk about anything going on, it's just from the lens of American politics, like the American left-right paradigm and how we, how our democracy works and things like that. And it's just like, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Like you just can't report yeah. on things from, like, the strictly American perspective because it doesn't make any sense. Like, I had no idea that, like, you know, yeah, you would just assume, you know, because there is, the Israeli government is like a Western-style democracy that it was a lot more like our government is set up, but, you know, I, I didn't know that the judiciary was like a unelected super legislature that can do whatever they want. You know, I didn't, I didn't know that you could, you could sue each other for absolutely no reason. You didn't need standing to sue. I didn't know any of those things, you know? So it's like, you know, and just a side note too, it's like, you know, I, I always, and I've, for, since I was a, for the last 15 years, I'll go back and forth in my head like man, like would like a parliamentary parliamentary system be preferable to like the American two party system? And it's like, you know, anytime I think it would, you know, you just read what happens in Israel or England or anywhere, and you're just like, no. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like, yeah, as awful as our system is, it's like, I mean, Israel had how many federal elections in the last like five years? Like, it's like five. It, five, yeah. It, it's like goodness, we would not survive. I mean, there's no way. Like America, like the the fabric of our society would not survive that like we can barely survive a presidential election every four years like if we were just throwing people out you know once a year and and trying to build these coalitions and stuff i don't think we'd make it man yeah and, and the thing to realize with israel is, is that how the prime minister is elected it, it's through a it's through a governing coalition and so basically you have um these various parties that, that, that get elected to the knesset the parliament and 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 the, and then the the parties have basically like form a coalition to vote on 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 the prime minister and, and so BB over the years has been very has been very adept at at at, at basically sweet talking the, the these various parties in 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 the Knesset to uh, supporting him for prime minister and a couple of years ago uh there a couple of years ago when he was briefly. Uh, out of power, what, what had happened was um, basically that there's there's enough of these left wing parties, um, and it, basically there's a coalition of a bunch of left wing parties, uh, the uh, uh, some of these Arab parties, and, and, and in Israel the the Arab parties are basically um, they they basically advocate for like 
it is Israel's destruction every day in, in, in the Knesset. It's like we see like these pro-Palestinian anti-Israel protests and college campuses and so forth. Like these are the Arab parties. These are basically the Arab parties um, in Israel. Um, and the and left-wing parties form an alliance with one of those Arab parties. And they form an alliance with uh, Naftali Bennett, who granted Bibi's right uh, a couple of years ago. But, you know, but, but because he had a vendetta against Bibi, he decided to throw in with... Uh, with left-wing parties and the Arab parties, um, to basically after Bibi for power, um, and and that only lasted for you know a, a year or two because Israel is basically a right-wing country. Like, like if you look at like polls, um, like it, I think like eighty-five percent of Israel supported Trump or Romney or, or whatever. Like it, it, Israel would be a red state if 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 it was part of America, and so so naturally like that coalition didn't last long, and and so Bibi came back to power. There, a lot of people were there. Some of those headlines about like, oh, there's like these far, these he's he has made alliances with with these far right parties. He's extremist, and I think some of that is true to an extent. Like, I, I think one of his uh, one of his ministers was a flat out homophobe, and and now that minister is no longer like in, you know, in that position. Uh, but 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 when I talk, but most most people talk about like these extremists, quote unquote, or far, far right, quote unquote, like it's really just, you know, like like staunch Jewish nationalists, um, you know, who, who are who, who are strongly religious, and so, uh, it's it's so, so the point I'm making with all this is is that this is sort of the result of 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 that kind of government is 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 that it all becomes you know who's in power, um, and if you can sweet talk these parties into supporting you. And the thing is, is that at any time, like the, like these parties could can revoke their support, and all of a sudden, it's it's another election. Um. So, it's, so if you're in power in Israel, you always have to, like, make sure like you're appeasing your coalition, or else, you know, it's it's another election, and it's that kind of like instability. I I I think that um, you know, that that really can threaten a, a democracy, and why we should be glad. That, that for all the faults with our electoral system, like at least we know, you know, every two years is a congressional election. Every four years there there's presidential election. And, you know, we, we, we can have that certainty. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, you know, people know my political persuasion. I'm essentially an anarchist. <laughs> I, you know, I, I oppose government generally, but it's like, I, I do, I think about Israel and, and, not just Israel, but a lot of these European, especially Eastern European countries that were founded in the 20th century, a lot of which, you know, even in the 80s and 90s after the fall of the Soviet Union. It's like we do as much of a failure in a lot of ways our Constitution has been. Um, I mean, specifically for you, Aaron, I mean, you live in California. Our Constitution hasn't done nothing to protect you from predations of, of a left-wing government there in, in your state. Um, but it's like, we still have a written constitution that was written before any problems that we are now facing, you know, like before any kind of globalization, before any of these big world wars, before um, any of this stuff was, was even feasible or, or, or you know, it, before any of these, these issues existed whatsoever. So it's like our constitution kind of just stands on principle now you know it's like it, it it's the principles that the country was founded on and i think we've benefited greatly from that you know israel was founded what it was 1948 correct yeah and yeah it's like man 1948 
you're just in the thick of everything, man. <laughs> you know, the aftermath of the Holocaust and World War II, and the entire world is trying to rebuild and figure things out. And, you know, by that time, monarchies were almost essentially you know, gone, you know, across the world. And, and, and it was just like, it was just a different, it, a tough time to found a government. You know, if if there ever was one, it was a tough time in the in the late 1940s. So it's like Israel and a lot of these these European countries too didn't have the luxury of just having founding documents written generations and generations before, kind of just laying the the groundwork of principles for that government to to operate under. And Israel just doesn't have that luxury. You know, a lot of these European countries don't have that luxury. And it's like that's why you see turmoil. That's why you see you know, all these issues continually coming up because there isn't that same legacy of constitutionality, if you will. And I know Israel doesn't have a written constitution at all, and that maybe that's another that's problem. Right. But, uh, you know, it is like, yeah, if, if the United States was founded in 1948, I don't think, <laughs> you know, like it, these issues have kind of been hammered out by the founding fathers. You know, like we have all the, the writings of Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, these guys, you know, warning against, you know, entangling alliances and all this. And it's like, you know, that was already in, well, I mean, obviously, one of our major parties despises the Constitution right now, and that's a story for another podcast, but it's like, we at least have that legacy of the Constitution kind of at least attempting to keep people in line. And countries that don't have that are just, you know, founded in the midst of war and death and destruction and everything. It's like, yeah, man, it's just a different, much more difficult time to found a country. Right. And in Israel's case, like literally like right after it was founded, like right after the UN voted uh, to uh, to make Israel a state, um, like like almost immediately, like it, it, Israel found itself in war because um, the Palestinian Arabs who were residing in Israel at the time, uh, they had launched a civil war of sorts against uh, against the Israelis. And, and then and then the Arab nations, strong Arab nations uh, eventually joined in. Uh, on the war, and it's basically like right as Israel's founded, like it, it's found itself in a two-year war, um, and so, and, and even like even to this day, like you hear about what's called the Nakba narrative. Nakba is Arabic for for catastrophe. You know that's the Palestinian narrative of Israel's founding, um, and, and so Israel's founding gets gets attacked for that, and that's a conversation for another day. But the point is that Israel was literally founded in in, in war, um, you know. And and has always been an, uh, under constant threat of war. Uh, you know, like, less twenty years later, what was the Six Day War? Uh, and then nineteen seventy three, the Yom Kippur War. Um, and, and then and, and since then, there there were a couple of intifadas. And so you know, and so Israel is always under the threat of being attacked by neighbors uh, that, that 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 hated and, and wanted its destruction. And and so that. Um, it, it, so that so so so, so, so yeah, I, I mean, it, it does make things more difficult. Um, and a, a, a lot of Israel's leaders, a lot of Israel's uh, founders and early leaders, a, a, a lot of strong and um, legendary people from David Ben Gurion and Golden Meir. But it's important to realize that, that, that a lot of Israel's founders were socialists. Um, and, 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 and for the first, you know, few decades of Israel's existence, like it was kind of a second world agrarian economy. And it wasn't until Bibi became finance minister in the 90s that, that he started implementing a bunch of like capitalist reforms that turned Israel into a kind of powerhouse. And, and like today, like Israel is like at the forefront of like tech innovations. 
uh, and medical innovations and, and such. Like it's kind of like the Silicon Valley of the Middle East. Um, but but that's a relatively new phenom- phenomenon for Israel. So, um, you know, so 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 that, that's, that's kind of where it finds itself today. You know, it was seventy five. It's seventy five years old. Uh, it's very young for a country, and uh, you know, it has its struggles. But I, you know, I, I I'm sure that that they'll work. They'll work through them, and uh, yeah, I I mean, I I I I still remain optimistic that uh, that Israel will continue to be. Uh, a thriving uh, democracy in the Middle East. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is a uh, yeah. It, obviously, it's ironic. The uh, American media, you know, they the word democracy doesn't even mean anything anymore to yeah. corporate journalists. And you know, it seems to me like uh, the governing coalition is trying to make you know turn Israel's government into a you know closer to a direct democracy than than they were before. So. You know, journalists against democracy now. I, I suppose. You know? Yeah, it's like you know, whatever democracy. It's you know, it, they they try to prop up democracy like it's their god, you know, and then they they throw it out anytime they lose an election or get something they don't they don't want. So it's you know, whatever. <laughs> don't don't pay attention to a journalist when they're talking about democracy. I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for clearing that up, man. Uh, if you just pay attention to headlines, you'd think like there was a civil war going on in Israel. So I assumed, I assumed that was not true. So thanks for clearing that up. Aaron, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody follow you online? Keep in touch, read your stuff, all that good stuff. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Bandler's Banter. Uh, I am a, I, I am a staff writer for the Jewish Journal. So you can always read my stuff there too. Um, you know, and, and, and outside of myself, there are a lot of good writers at the Jewish Journal, a lot of interesting stuff and, and, and thought pieces um, that I think would be in, of interest, not just to those Jewish community, but just everyone. Absolutely. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Mm-hmm.